Hallelujah. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, Shalom. This is Brother Nelson. This is Praise Jesus Christ Ministries. And um, we're going to be reading from the Holy Bible, from the fifth book of the Bible, the fifth book of Moses, called Deuteronomy. Um, let's pray, and we're going to jump right into scriptures. Lord Jesus Christ, please forgive us for our sins. Wash us in your holy blood, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Guide us as we read the word. And don't let the enemy take the seed that you're going to plant, oh God. We thank you in advance for the increase. And we thank you that we have access to this word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. This is the holy book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verse 1. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. Please forgive me if I'm pronouncing these places and things wrong. I don't speak Hebrew, so I might butcher things every now and then. Anyways, verse 2. There are 11 days' journey from Horeb, by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel, according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, if I'm not mistaken, Og was a giant, which dwelt at Astaroth in Edrei, on this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, that's Mount Sinai, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain and in the hills and in the valley and in the south and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to, unto them and to their seed after them, which would be their children biologically. Um, but we know us in the body of Christ, we are children spiritually of Abraham, adopted into the family of Christ. Christ as the Messiah, Jesus, he's also of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as well. Um, verse 9, And I spake unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. The Lord your God has multiplied you, and behold, you are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. That's prophetic. God told Abraham his children would be like the stars of heaven, the, the sand on, on, on the, the, the seashore. Um, and again, this goes back to the whole, the children of Abraham being spiritual and physical. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. Verse 11, the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are and bless you as he has promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife? See, Moses was a judge of this people, and this is a lot for one man to do. 
they left Egypt, they say about 600 uh, million thousand, uh, 600,000 or 600 million, something like that. There's a lot of Israelites. This is one man. There's only so much one man can do. So God understanding this is going to help him, as if, if I'm not mistaken, as we read on later in the Bible, or it, maybe it already happened when 70 elders were appointed. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's keep reading. Verse 13. I believe it's in this, I believe it's in this chapter verse 13 take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes and I will make them rulers over you so God was going to divide uh, the responsibility of uh, judging these people's matters and whatnot even though God overall is our judge and the same thing applies to today with the body of Christ you have many different ministries and many different Christians all over the planet or people professing to be at least and it's too much you can't have just one apostle can't just have one prophet, one pastor. You have many different people on the planet um, who are under shepherds and who are in fivefold ministry, but Christ overall is our commander, king, and Lord. Amen. Um, verse 14. And you answered me and said, The thing which you have spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men and known, and made them heads over you. Captains over thousands and captains over hundreds and captains over fifties and captains over tens and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. Amen. You shall not respect persons in judgment. That means you treat everybody fairly. You're not supposed to be uh, biased and... Uh, treat other people a different way because you like them. You're supposed to judge righteously. And Christians and non-Christians are all judges in this world. Christians judge righteously with the Bible as our measurement of judging. Non-Christians don't really have a standard or a measurement to judge. And if for them, it's more of a, I feel this, therefore it's right type of deal. Uh, back to verse 17. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man. For the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. There's some things that we struggle with, with judging, and this is why you have uh, a system of, an, of accountability. So you can go to leaders within the body of Christ and say, you know, prophet, apostle, pastor, you know, elder, there's this matter, and we're struggling with, to judge this between us. Can you help us? And that's, that's part of why we, we have, among many, many other reasons, a system of accountability in the body of Christ and leadership. Um, and I command you at that time all the things which you should do. And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great and terrible wilderness, which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us, and we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said unto you, you are coming to the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God does give to us. Behold, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of your fathers has said unto you. Fear not, neither be discouraged. Amen. This applies to us living during the times of Corona. Fear not, neither be discouraged. This applies to us uh, going into end times. Uh, facing the possibility of living through an, an antichrist being revealed and, and a whole bunch of crazy stuff we read in the book of Revelation, right? Fear not and be not discouraged. Verse 22, 
And you came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe, and they turned and went up to the mountain, and came unto the valley of Eshcol, and searched it out. And they took the fruit, listen to this, they took the fruit of the land, in their hands and brought it down to us and brought us word again and said it is a good land which the Lord our God does give us notwithstanding you would not go up but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God when they came with fruit they had grapes that a cluster of grapes that was so big they had to carry it on their shoulders you're not talking about little tiny grapes because they went into the land of giants biblically this giants are real it's in the Bible okay uh, after the flood, uh, some of these giants died, but apparently after the flood, some of them were still around. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that topic, but it is connected to demons. Uh, let's keep reading. Verse 26, notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, your God. And you murmured in your tents, they complained, and said, Because the Lord hated us, he has brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart, saying the people is greater and taller than we. They were much taller. Again, we're talking about giants. They were not like seven feet, much taller. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. That's huge walls. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. Uh, Anakims, Zuzims, these are some of the giants in the Old Testament. And then I said unto you, uh, also, Rephaim, uh, you know, it's, it's connected to Nephilim, Nephilim, it, it's all giants, okay? Verse 29, then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. You're not supposed to be afraid of no giant. Why? Because God is with you. Amen? Verse 30, the Lord your God, which goes before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes God did 10 plagues he poured them out against the false gods of Egypt and the living God showed them that he has power he has authority he has control he has righteousness he has truth and justice and, and mercy and grace and all these things with him and they still after coming out of Egypt after coming out of bondage after crossing the Red Sea after being in the wilderness for 40 years and and all this they're doubting why, why do you doubt? Why do you fear when you see what God has done? You have to be mindful of what God has done for you. You have to look back, remember what he has done for you so that you would not be afraid moving forward. If God is with you, he can kill that Goliath. If God is with you, he can kill them Anakims. Uh, keep in mind, as they're going into the promised land, these are not fully human beings. This is part of why God told them to kill them. It wasn't just human beings. And also, those who were human beings, they were worshiping false gods, and they were not going to repent probably anyways. Yes, God ordered his people, the Israelites, to kill many nations. But these nations were wicked, evil, okay? And we're living in the end times now where it's going to be bad. It's going to be like this probably times a billion. You know, when you read the New Testament, it says it's, it's going to be unlike the world has ever been before in, in the context of pestilence and, and, and just, just the darkness coming on the land. So don't be surprised 
if you might be seeing some giants or whatnot, don't be afraid. Um, it's connected to the, the, the demons because Genesis 6, angels that fell, however they fell, came upon women. And, in, in, you know, they, they bear children. Those children were giants. Uh, when those giants died, they were neither human nor angel. They were something that God did not bless. And uh, the theory is that that's where demons come from. Um, but there's other theories of other demons still being made now. Who say Who's to say that that can't happen? The Bible doesn't say that it stopped happening. Um, that, that angels stopped having relations with women if they decided to fall in their own free will. The Bible doesn't say that that stopped happening. In Genesis 6. I said that it happened though in Genesis 6. So it's deep. I'm not you don't gotta be worried about it and make Venn diagrams and webs on paper and get all fearful and paranoid about it. But it this is a reality of history. Just don't be afraid. Live your life, serve Christ. Amen. Um verse 31. And in the wilderness where you have seen how that the Lord your God bear you as a man does bear his son in all the way that you went until you came unto this place. Yet in this thing, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in fire by night to show you by what way you should go and a cloud by day. This refers to God leading them by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. He was in front of them. You don't really see that in Bible movies. Um, verse 34, and the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth. That means he was angry and swear saying, surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land, which I swear to give unto your fathers. So this is when they would, they would go into to being in the wilderness for 40 years. Hasn't happened yet. Verse 36, accept or save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Caleb means uh, dog, and he shall see it like a, like a guard dog. And uh, to him will I give the land that he has trodden upon, and to his children, because he has wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, You shall not go in thither, but Joshua, Yeshua, the son of Nun. This is a, a type of Christ. Joshua is, it came leading the Israelites after Moses. He was a minister. Right, Joshua, the son of Nun, which stands before you, he shall go in thither and encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Joshua leads Israel into the promised land, causing them to inherit it. Uh, he's the type, he's the foreshadow of Jesus Christ. The greater Joshua is the same name too. Joshua, Yeshua, Yeshua, Jesus. He leads us into the promised land. He leads us into glory to cause us to inherit it. Salvation in him alone. Verse 39, moreover, your little ones, this the children, they got a plan to in salvation, amen, which you said should be a prey and your children, which in that they had no knowledge between good and evil. Children don't know between good and evil, but they come to an age of accountability where God holds everyone accountability once, once you understand what sin is. This is why you have to raise your children in the ways of the Lord, in the love of Christ and in the fear of God, amen. And they shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you and take your journey in the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. 
Then you answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight according to all that the Lord our God commanded. And when you had girded on every man his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, Say not unto them, Go not up, neither fight, for I am not among you, lest you be smitten before your enemies. That's a big lesson right there. You, you can't go fight a war. You can't go fight a spiritual battle that you're not prepared for if God is not with you. Let me give you an example. If someone is a professing Christian and they're preaching and teaching, but they're dabbling and they're living in sin and they're trying to go preaching and teaching, they're going into a war zone and God is not with them because they're in sin willfully. And if you're in sin, you should not be ministering. You follow me? Because God ain't with you. You need to repent. And then I'll be with you. You need to sincerely repent. It's not just about crying and feeling bad. It's you turning from sin. Now, other people can't tell you if you turn from sin if they're not God. You know and God knows. Amen? They would see your fruit. It, it would come out at some point over time. But people are not God. And sometimes this is the problem that Christians have among each other where they forget that they're not God. <laughs> and uh, you got to be careful. Okay? Verse 43, so I spake unto you and you would not hear. Is God speaking to you? Are you? Do you want to hear him or no? But rebelled against the commandment of the Lord and went presumptuously up into the hill. You're not supposed to go ahead of yourself. You're not supposed to go ahead of the Lord. And the Amorites, which dwelt in that mountain, came out against you. These is giants and chased you as bees do and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice, nor give ear unto you. He, he wasn't even listening. So you abode in Kadesh many days, according to the days that you abode there. That was Deuteronomy chapter 1. There's a lot of lessons in that. You know, um, keep in mind, when we read the books of Moses, the first books, five books of the Bible, Moses wrote these books. That's why they're called the books of Moses. He wrote this, literally. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure fully how it worked, you know, because he wasn't alive during the time of Adam and Eve. Somehow God had him do it, though. And uh, I believe that by faith because it is what it is. It's, it's the Bible. It's fact. It's actual factual. It's facts. And we believe it because we believe God and we believe he is true and he's faithful. And there's a reason why everything here is written. It's not just written to bore you. It's not written to seem like, oh, why, why should I read Deuteronomy? We're in the New Testament. How does this apply to me? It applies to you in every single way. There's a lot of hidden gems here. There's a lot of lessons we learn here. And there's a lot of wisdom here. For those of you who are in ministry, don't spread yourself thin trying to do everything. If you try to do everything, you're going to spread yourself thin. You're going to burn out. God forbid. You need to appoint people within ministry as God gives you eyes and ears to to, to see and hear who he has put around you. God will confirm people's gifts, people's callings around you if you're in the ministry and they can be used for his glory, honor, and praise. But you have to be willing to let people walk in that. And sometimes ministries fail when, when they don't, they put like a glass ceiling above people. Anyways, let's pray. That was the first book of Deuteronomy chapter one. I encourage you to read the rest of Deuteronomy. By the grace of God, we'll get we'll get through the Bible. There's 66 books. Uh, it's going to take us a while. But I pray that you are blessed. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father, for being the cloud 
before us, the pillar before day and then the fire before night. We thank you, God, for all that you've done leading the Israelites out of Egypt and leading us out of spiritual bondage in the world, which is Egypt, which is symbolized by Egypt in the scriptures. We pray, God, that you would give uh, your children in the body of Christ uh, many judges over one another who can judge righteously, who are after your heart, Lord, and help those people who, who feel like it's a burden for them too much to do certain responsibility that you've called them to and help them to have help, Lord. Bring them help, Lord. And uh, raise up your help in the body of Christ. We pray, God, that we would not be fearful as we go into glory, as we go into spiritual warfare, and that we would not go ahead of you, that we would listen to you, Holy Ghost, and that we would wait for your your beckoning, your, your bidding for us to do what you command us, Lord. We will not go into the water to try to catch fish if you don't tell us to, because, because we know when you do tell us to, we're going to get many fish, and it's going to be too much for the boat. It's going to be like the apostles and, and the way it happened in the New Testament. But it's only if we do it on your timing. Help us to hear you, Lord. Help us to trust you, to obey you. And help us to not be to not be fake. And help us, Lord, as the greater Joshua. May all your promises that are yea and amen be fulfilled in your due time. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Reach out if you have questions. Reach out if you need prayer. Um, this is a deep chapter. It's really simple. It, you know, don't be too worried about the giant thing or don't be paranoid about witchcraft and stuff. Understand that this is real and you seek Christ and the Lord will fight your battles and stop living in an ungodly fear. Amen? We have perfect love. It casts out ungodly fear. You should have a holy fear of God. That would make you depart from sin. You know, we fear him because he's forgiving. We fear him. You know, Psalm 130 verse 4. We fear this, this, this Lord, this living God, because of he's, he's so merciful. The same God who fights for you is the same God that forgives you. It's the same God that, that as you read the Old Testament, he's striking down thousands of people with holy angels and even with his own right hand. And that's the same God that is for you. If he's for you... You have absolutely nothing to be discouraged about, nothing to be afraid of. Just fear him. You'll be okay. Live for him. You'll be okay. He'll get you through. It may not be the way that you, you uh, envisioned or imagined things will go, but he knows better, doesn't he, than you and me? He knows best. And uh, my last word of advice is, remember, you're not God. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit in someone's life. You're not God. God has to convict them of sin. God has to work them out uh, through certain matters. You can you can offer advice. You can offer counsel. You don't want to be uh, overbearing on people. You don't want to be too much for them. But at the same time, you don't want to be too passive. You don't want to be uh, making that mistake on the opposite end of the spectrum as well. We appreciate your prayers here. Reach out if you need prayers. Reach out if you have questions about the Bible, about Christianity. And I encourage you, actually read your Bible. Get, get the dust off that, that Bible. Get in the pages of the good book. You'll be blessed. And apply it. Don't just be hearers of the word. Doers. Amen? Shalom. Please share also <laughs> this podcast if you were blessed by it. Share it. Put the hashtag. Praise Jesus Christ Ministries. This podcast is also available 
on Spotify and other places, and you can share it. You can leave comments. We appreciate that because there may be a lost soul out there who may hear this, and they may give their life to the Lord. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you if if you want to know God, reach out. Maybe we can help answer your questions. Again, maybe we can pray for you, but it's up to you taking that step to give your life entirely to God. And a Bible is a good place to start, and it's our final and last resort. It's our first and last resort. Amen.